Good afternoon. It is January 19th of 2023. It's afternoon where I am and AM where all the other people on the call are still. We're, we're, we're bridging the day at, at, at the noon time, noon hour here at Eastern time. Uh, this is Michael Vandervoort. We're here on Drive Through HR. I am very happy to be back and reunited with my lovely co-host, Robin Schooling. Robin, belated Happy New Year. And belated. Uh, yes. welcome back to Drive Through HR for our first show together of this year. How are you? It is, uh, it is good to be back. And um, today is about day two of me feeling good again, because we've been waylaid with the flu, not the Rona but the flu at our house since uh, the first of the year. So that, yeah, I, that's yeah, one of my colleagues at work had just came down with Corona and she's, she's just back in the office today. And yeah, it's, it's uh, that triple demic or whatever. That's, that's been no fun. I'm trying to keep it as far away as possible, but glad you're feeling better. Um, How's the transition on the, I mean, it's a few months in now. How's the job, the, the new assignment and the new company and everything going, how's all that going? Uh, transition stuff uh, on 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 the path with the transition awesome. stuff, and uh, you know, just need to give a, a shout out to um, uh, the other thing going on here. Of course, we are knee deep in uh, in Mardi Gras season, and um, sadly, because of our our illness, I haven't even had king cake yet. And we're no, no, the, you've got it. You've got to get, get the king cake. And of course, uh, you know, a lot of people know, but I, I'm, uh, I'm in the process of uh, changing jobs. So I have a, I have a busy couple of months coming up. So I don't know what that means for doing shows. Got a few coming up that I'm, we're booking, but it may, we may still be on that same intermittent trail we've been on seems throughout the last couple of years, but with all the changes, but I'm glad, I'm glad that you're doing well. And I am too. And I'll, I'll talk more about the job change at some other point. Um, we have a guest hanging on the line. So let, let's get to, to the guest who's going to talk to us today about salary transparency and some of the developments that are, that are going on in that part of the HR universe. So Jesse Meschuk is our guest. Jesse, welcome to Drive Through HR. How are you doing today? Doing great, Michael and Robin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, thanks. absolutely. Yeah, we're, I was I was excited actually when I saw this topic come up, and I know a lot of people are talking about it. But it, and you said you've been speaking and talking to people about it a lot yourself, so it's very timely, I think. And sure. it's it's one that HR people I think have. And not just HR people, truly, I guess managers and companies uh, have widely varying philosophies and opinions on about how to handle this and whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. And will it, you know, will it wreck our universe and and all those kind of things. So I don't know if we're going to go quite that wide and deep, but we're but we're going to talk about it. But look, to get us started, why don't you go ahead and basically introduce yourself and tell us about who you are and what you do right now, and then we'll jump into the topic. Yeah, we'll do. Well, um once again, great to be here. I'm a, uh, I'm Jesse. I'm a principal human resources consultant and a senior advisor for Exequity. I'm <clears throat> based in our Southern California office here. Um, and for the last 20 plus years, I've been in the rewards and talent space, and I've been really helping companies tackle some of their most challenging and complex reward problems. So um, salary transparency is um, the latest one. And mm-hmm. one has been um, <clears throat> awfully loud lately, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and and I guess the the follow up question there is what? Tell us uh, about Exequity, what 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 the company does, and kind of what what that's about. Yeah, Exequity is an executive compensation consulting firm, 
Uh, it was founded in 2006 and mostly provides advice to the compensation committee of boards and to senior management on compensation issues. Um, it's a relatively small firm, about 25 consultants, but um, it's mostly made up of senior consultants with 20 plus years experience, just like me, um, from large multinational firms. And we work with a lot of organizations, large and small, uh, public and private, and have a lot of lasting relationships, which has been really great. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'm a moderator on a, a, a pretty large Facebook group and we get the, we get the occasional question, uh, actually more than occasional about I need help with compensation because it, you know, so they're, um, they're always, people are always looking for that kind of stuff. So I'll, yeah, uh, look us up. Yeah, I'll look you up and refer you into the into the mix of the discussion there. So anyway, I, I think Robin's going to jump in and get us started on the on the salary salary transparency topic. So I'll let yeah, I'll let Robin yeah. jump in here. So you know, let's start with uh, I guess we could call it you know compensation one hundred and one almost. But um, what? How do you define salary transparency? What 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 does that mean from your perspective? Yeah, it's a great question, Robin. I, I like to think about salary transparency in a little bit broader of a definition. It's not just about sharing the salary ranges. It's really about educating your workforce and your potential workforce, meaning candidates, about how do you actually set compensation levels? What is your compensation philosophy? How do you go about setting those ranges? Like, what was the process you used to do that? What are the ranges? And then how do you do increases? And how do you think about where people are positioned in the range? It's all of that together is, is how I think about salary transparency. Yeah. And that is, you know, that is such a, for the decades that I've been in HR, um, <laughs> that has always been, it, it's like this huge mystery. Um, and I have never understood it why, um, organizations and HR teams hold that information so tightly instead of uh, talking about it and, and yeah. educating it. I've, I've worked for organizations where I didn't have the power to make the change um, where everything was a mystery. Nobody, I mean, they didn't even want to um, internally say, here's, here's our pay, here's our pay ranges. Here's our pay grades. Here's how jobs are slotted. I mean, it was just a huge mystery. Um, and then uh, other organizations, especially those where I had the power, I was the head of uh -huh. HR or whatever. Okay. Um, I went in and right. I lift, I, you know, I opened that curtain and said, the black box was opened. The black box was opened and said, no, we need to, once we, once we figure out all those basics, right. What is the philosophy? Are we, are we lagging, leading, matching the market? How are we positioning uh, ourselves? You know, all of that stuff is done. Then talk about it and uh, internally. Yeah. And um, uh, there are organizations or even managers who have budget responsibility don't even know what the mysteries entail. It, it, you know, it, and it strikes me, Robin, um, and just feel, feel free to jump in here if you have a comment. Uh, it it yeah. strikes me, Robin, that like, you know, there's some 
and we're gonna, I mean, we're going to talk about like why people don't like this growing sal- salary transparency legislation trend in a second. But just in general, your your point about HR people just not wanting to share and companies not wanting to share, it's true. I mean, it's at every aspect from the time you, you know, people start talking to you about the salary range and you're interviewing for a job. Yeah. They always want the candidate to show, what do you make? Yeah. Right. What yeah. are you looking for? Yeah. They don't want to tell you, this is what we think the job that is, right? I mean, it's weird. It's weird. And it's such a... Um, but it's it's the norm, really, uh, still, even today. And then you get into the, you know, you get into pricing jobs and, you know, setting setting job grades or bands and all that stuff. And it's like witchcraft that, you know, people don't they don't they don't want to let it out like somehow it's going to I don't know. I don't know what it's going to do if it ever escapes the genie jar, you know, or the genie <laughs> bottle. But it, it's like there's this inbred kind of ingrained kind of uh, fear that it will. Somehow... So, so, Jesse, I guess that I, I, that's that's a comment, I guess, just in general. But wow. it, it, and, 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 and we're seeing that. I mean, there's two camps, obviously. There's one that I think people want to be very transparent. And there's companies like Whole Foods that, you know, kind of post their salaries yeah. of every every hourly associate even yeah. on the wall at the stores or have a book or however. They, I don't know exactly what the mechanics of it. But, you know, so there's different philosophically approaches, I guess, philosophical approaches. But generally speaking, there's still this fear. And even – even in yeah. uh, even with it becoming mandated in these, you know, in California and then these other districts, you know, that are kind of growing up around the United States, and it's only going to grow, right? I mean, once a trend like this starts, it's only going to spread yeah, East Coast, right. West Coast, you know. So this this isn't something that it's going to go away. But there are people posting like the job ranges are fifty cents to two million dollars, and you know other things like that. And I, I mentioned to you in the pre-show yeah. that I saw an article today about a, a, a flight attendant at Netflix in a California-based job, where the range is from sixty thousand to three hundred eighty-five thousand, which isn't quite as absurd as that some I've seen, but it, it's <laughs> probably not real. So my question yeah. is, why why are employers so afraid of this, and what what is the what's the logic there, and how do you fight it? Yeah, it's a really good question. And uh, you both are right. Companies have historically managed this information quite tightly. Like it's almost the, um, you know, the nuclear codes in the, um, that you know, you just don't want it to get out there and it's handcuffed to the, uh, to, (laughs) um, to your arm. Um, And I think it's for a few reasons. I think that, um, there's always been a fear that if salary ranges became more transparent or people understood what each other were paid, that that is going to cause a lot of issues with the employee base. Because if you find that you're low in the range or below the range or over the max, you know, that might cause a lot of questions and lead to um, a lot of issues. I think companies also felt like they didn't want to be put in a range or a box. So if you're trying to hire for somebody um, they would want to know that uh, they could offer whatever they wanted. And uh, I think ranges might have made them feel like, you know, they had a more, more limitations on them. And I think the final thing is that there has often been a lot of fear around discussion around salaries, what people are paid relative to each other, and that they, they may discover inequities that don't make sense. And that could cause you know, the company to either have to uh, adjust in areas that maybe they didn't necessarily have the budget to do so, or it could just cause disruption in the workplace. And and honestly, addressing inequities is really the reason that a lot of these salary transparency laws have started to become, um, have, have passed and why legislation is being drafted in a lot of other states. 
because I think a lot of governments are really trying to tackle this problem in earnest, which is great. Yeah. And, 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 you know, obviously one of the, as we mentioned, one of the things driving that is um, the fact that some states and, and locales and um, regional areas have started to uh, bring in some legislation and some mandates that salary ranges either be posted when a job is advertised or um, an employee comes up and says, I need to see my salary range. And the employer now is required to provide that to them. Um, What, what are some of the the requirements that have come into play in the last couple of years and, and where are they? Cause now we can rattle off the list. It's not too many yet. Right. Yeah. So laws have been passed in New York city, Colorado, um, now California, and there are others that are on the horizon too, but just to talk about California first, maybe, and that that's, you know, the most, uh, recent one that passed, um, this one's quite interesting. So most of these laws, Colorado, New York city, California, all have kind of a basic component. And that is that, um, any company in California's case, any company that has 15 or more employees has to list the reasonable salary range in every job posting. Um, And then they also have to provide that range to existing staff if they are asked for it. Uh, And then there are some requirements around maintaining information and data. In California's case, they have to maintain wage and job history for three years after somebody leaves so that if there was an issue, you you could go back and look into it. But the second part that's really the more unique and involved part in California's case is they said for any employer with more than 100 employees, that they, in addition to the salary range transparency, have to submit a pay equity report to the state of California starting in May of this year. And that says you need to compare salary and hourly rates and hours worked by location, job level, gender, race, ethnicity. And that you don't need to do it just for employees. You also need to do it for contractors. Mm-hmm. And so that is a um, definitely more involved step. And it it actually mm-hmm. echoes what we've been starting to see in Europe. There's a lot of legislation around pay equity there. And um, it's kind of going that direction. Um. So it's not just it's not just putting your job ranges in a job posting. Then it's more complicated, yeah. and has some has some greater challenges, which may be the uh, part of the underlying root about why HR people and other employers don't <laughs> like it because it's a lot of work. It's a regulated. It is a mandate. lot of work for sure. And, I, have a, I have a number of clients that I've been helping with this, and yeah, it's a lot of work. So it's a, but it's a compensation consultant stream because uh, it's employment security. <laughs> so that's a good part. So no, um, all kidding aside, you you, uh, you when when we chatted uh, when I chatted earlier as we were booking the call, you yeah. have some tips for employers to kind because of, that's part partly what our show is based on is kind of helping HR people with their practitioner stuff and giving them yeah. some useful knowledge. So let's let's run through some tips. And I guess one of the first things to talk about is you just mentioned the sort of like the analysis that's required. So what yeah. what do we Employers need to think. I, I realize it's largely California, but I'm, I'm, you know, I would 
I would definitely think we would see a lot of copycat legislation. So this, you know, if if this isn't in your state, it, it's gonna it's gonna look something like this probably. So let's talk about what employers that you know suddenly find themselves governed by a law like this. What do they need to do regarding their existing structure, Jesse? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think some really practical ideas on things to consider first would be, you know, make sure that you're compliant. So in the case of California, this law is already passed. It's already in effect. If you're not complying, you're subject to penalties on day one. So make sure you're compliant, which means put that salary range in the job posting if you think you're going to hire somebody in California. That's sort of the baseline. But the second thing is to really start digging into your actual data. Make sure you understand where people are in the range, you know, what people are below or near the minimums, you know, what people are over the max, what adjustments might you need to make to the ranges themselves to make sure that they're competitive and are actually tracking the market. Uh, I've also seen with a lot of clients as they started digging into this, that they realized they had issues with their data. So they have Mm -hmm. people in the wrong job level or they have people Mm -hmm. in the wrong job family and yeah, it shows that they might be way off versus the salary range, but that's because they're being compared to the wrong range. And mm-hmm. this has shined a much brighter light on that. And so mm-hmm. this is really an opportunity to correct errors or issues that you've identified and make sure that you have strong data integrity because you're going to really need that. Yeah, I'd Robin, also, before, I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. I, I would just say the, the other thing is it has also triggered a lot of companies to really start thinking more seriously about pay equity audits. So not just where are people in the range, but where are they versus each other? And so make sure that you're looking and working with a professional organization that can statistically look at your data and, and analyze for you, you know, on a relative basis, are pay levels fair <laughs> across levels and job families on a gender ethnicity basis, make sure, you know, where there are inequities, you're tackling them, um, you know, get, get ready for that report that's going to be due in May, um, get ahead of it now and don't, don't wait until that's right up, right up on your doorstep. I just had one quick follow-up question, Robin, if you don't mind. Um, Sorry, Jesse, with the, with the 15 people kind of threshold, there's a lot of small employers in California that probably don't even have an HR person, right? You're it, it, right. You're absolutely it, right. And I, it, I work it, with a number of startups that, you know, they have very limited staff and, and they don't even have ranges in some cases. Yeah. So the, this, this has to be, I mean, I, I guess the question is like, what do they, like, what do they do? Yeah. Well, the, the reality is it doesn't matter if you only have 20 people, you still have to comply. And so even if you didn't have a salary range, you need to uh, come up with what you think is a reasonable estimate of what you would expect to pay and list that range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has really forced even small companies to start thinking about, well, okay, what are our pay ranges for each of our positions? They may only have 10 positions, but right. they need to actually establish some salary ranges for those. And so uh, I've been helping some of them really think through that and trying to make sense of it and, and make sure it makes sense for where they are because for small companies, they may not also be able to have these really big wide ranges because it's, it's honestly not that affordable for them. So gotcha. in that case, you know, it's really having a very practical discussion about, okay, well, what could you afford to pay and what's reasonable and what do we want to put out there? Mm-hmm. Thanks. Gotcha. One, one of the uh, things you mentioned was using this, 
this um, pay analysis to also look at, you know, the potential for bias or, you know, potential discrimination, disparate treatment, whatever, um, by by ethnicity, by gender. This, with this California reporting that is going to be due in May, is is that data that's also reported? Part of that is yes. gender you, and ethnicity. You will need to list for the relevant job levels and job families. What are you paying men, women, uh, different ethnicities? So the data will be transparent and sent to the state. So given that, you know, it's really in a company's best interest to start doing that analysis themselves now and understand you know, what does it look like and where there need to be adjustments, make those. Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of, yeah. We had a, we had a few questions lined up and we've kind of talked around some of it, I guess. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out one that's not on, wasn't on our sort of pre-show list. Yeah, yeah. And that is what are the, what are the, what are the <laughs> repercussions if you don't like, like if you just, you know, don't do it or if you do it haphazardly or improperly, what, what, you mentioned there's fines from day one, but what does that look like? Yeah, Michael, one of the interesting things about the California law is that there's really significant penalties for noncompliance. So it can range from $100 to $10,000 per violation. Wow. And per violation can mean per employee. Wow. So that can add up really fast. And the way the law is written is that it isn't just the state who could bring suit against the company. It could be an individual on behalf of the state. And so it is really designed in a way that um, it has a lot of teeth in the law, and it's really designed for employers to really take this pretty seriously. Yeah, no doubt. I'm surprised, actually, given the way a lot of these laws have gone, including the FAST Act out there, the the minimum wage law for the fast food industry, that this hasn't been subjected to litigation, or is it? I think that we will see some litigation. It's just so early right now. You know, we're 18 days into the year for this law in particular that I think it will happen. It just hasn't yet. But uh, I think that's something we should uh, pay close close attention to and put it gotcha yeah businesses have gotten in the trend of just trying to get these kind of laws enjoined before they even start but i guess that one didn't i guess they couldn't didn't do that one here so interesting yeah well i think there was news that this would likely pass they came out uh, a number of months earlier and there was a lot of discussion but ultimately governor newsom decided to push it forward yeah Mm -hmm. interesting um, one of you know one of the aspects because we often think about this because this is how, for example, Colorado, you know, being one of the first ones out of the gate with yeah post your post your ranges on your you know job postings. Um, so we often think of this from the candidate uh, experience viewpoint. Totally. You know, I want to know what this is going to be. Um, the other piece that's fascinating, we kind of talked about this earlier, is um, especially with the California law is this requirement for this transparency to existing employees. Yeah. Um, and granted, yes, we're, you know, 20 days into the year, 19 days into the year, but um, what have you heard from the clients that you work with and peers and other folks in HR, especially in California in terms of, are they seeing, you know, 
a, a great, you know, is there a stampede of employees to, to HR to say, show me this info? Show me, show me show the me money. The <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have not actually heard that from most of my clients. And that might be because we've been working with them to try to get them prepared um, in yeah. advance. But in general, I think the, the tack that most companies have taken here is to comply, start listing the ranges, and then in the background, really start preparing their leaders, managers, and HR staff to answer questions, You know, equipping them with some FAQs, giving them access to some of the ranges so that when it comes up, uh, it doesn't become this firestorm. And so that's, I think, kind of the what I've heard most. So questions have been coming up, but not an avalanche. Um, yeah. And But I do think as this becomes more commonplace and people become more aware, you will see employees start asking more and more questions. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting is, you know, let's say you're in... Um, you know, you were mentioning the fast food industry, Michael, you know, you can see what every fast food company is paying these days, you know, in mm -hmm. applications. And so if you're an existing employee, you can go to your company's website, you can go to all of your competitors' websites and find out what are they offering. Yeah. So I do think this is an interesting time where like, there's just going to be a lot more information out there. And I'm sure somebody's going to put together some type of website that's going to be able to scrape this information. And you're going to start seeing just a lot more aggregation and both candidates and employees are going to have a lot more information at their fingertips, which um, in general, I think it's a good thing. Let yeah. me, uh, let me make a smart ass comment about um, a certain company in the Bay area that is not paying its rent and, from what we understand, hardly has any HR staff left anymore. Gee, uh -huh. I wonder how they're dealing with this. <laughs> That's all. So that it was a rhetorical. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I suspect uh, they're probably, they're probably going to have three million dollar ranges. Um, we're down to the last couple minutes. Um, so, uh, not, so I had, I had a, I had one, I had one last question and then I'll yeah. see if Robin has one. Um, and again, this wasn't on our prepared list, but, um, besides the consulting side, are there any resources, you know, that, like if somebody's just trying to gather some general information, are there any resources through the state government or anything that, that you could recommend out in California, especially that where folks might go to get, get started if they need to bone up on this, Jesse? You know, the, the state uh, website does have a decent amount of info on just what the law says, but this has been out there for a while now. So even if you just do a pretty simple Google search on, you know, California salary transparency, there's a lot of articles out there that have been written by law firms and consulting firms that have some tips. And so I would recommend going through that, head to uh, SHRM, you know, go on their yeah. website. There's a lot of information there that can help out. and um, you know, there also, I would just say, reach out to some of your, your peers out there, you know, everybody's tackling the same problem right now. So there's a lot of good, you know, information to be had from just having a chat with some of your, your peers and colleagues at other companies too. And so that, that kind of be how I would start, but I think you can get a lot of information just, <clears throat> just by doing a little search. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's always surprising to me how many people seem to not 
still not do that though, despite <laughs> it. I, it's surprising. I, I don't mean I, not, I don't mean to pick on anybody. Just, there's a lot of people who just seem to get paralyzed with getting started with something complicated. So, yeah. Robin, did you have a did you have a final question? Um, I, this this almost takes us back to uh, sort of the same thing, but but resource wise, um, yeah. in addition to to Sherm and, and um, the California chamber, when I had employees at California, that was always a really good resource too, for employers. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some other tips? And, and this is almost straight HR, Jesse, not even just comp stuff. I know that's your, you know, you got huge expertise in that, but um, what are some tips for HR professionals, especially HR departments of one or small small HR shops um, where uh, how they can further develop their comfort level with comp and understanding it and, um, you know, getting, getting more in tune with it. It's I've, I've, I've found that HR people either love it or want nothing to do with it, which again becomes great for your, for your business. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a really good question on <clears throat> how to get educated. I think that there are a few things that you could do. Um, the first thing would be rely on some of the uh, providers that you exi- that you already have. Like, for example, if you're a small company and you're an HR team of one, you still have your um, probably your payroll system. You may have a really basic yeah. HRIS. A lot of those organizations have some introductory materials to compensation and how to think about it that kind of come with your subscription to their platform. And yeah. so take a look at that, read up on that, um, reach out to those folks to to get some information. I think that's one place that you could go. I've mentioned Sherm before. A lot of that's free. So, or you can get it with your $125 subscription. So that's another good place to go do some reading up on how to think about compensation and establishing range, salary ranges and how do you go about doing it? Um, I'd also say that, um, you know, the, uh, like I said before, talking to some of your other colleagues are good, you know, that they, mm-hmm. they may be able to to point you in the direction of, you know, some tips that they had received um, over time. I'd also say uh, oftentimes even small organizations have counsel that they'll use um, for, you know, labor issues and for stuff like this. Yeah. Counsel is a great place to go because they can kind of give you, here's what you need to do. And here's some of the things to think about, like, here's what compliance looks like. And I mean, let's, let's be real. Like, for a small organization where you're an HR team of one, the first thing you want to do is just make sure that you are compliant. Yeah. So it can help make sure you get at least the bare bones in place. And then you can start learning from there. So those would be some of the things that I would, that I would start with. I mean, if you want to get more advanced, I've had some HR people ask about doing their CCP, which is like the certification for world at work. Great yeah, you can go to World there. at Work. Yeah, yeah. And, and World at Work is really a great resource too. Yeah. And most of that's free also. So those would be places I would go. That, that's a great answer. Um, 
we're uh, we're down to our last minute or so. So I want to uh, first of all, I want to thank you for being the guest today, Jesse. This is a great discussion. I oh, know yeah. it's Ooh, high yeah. level, but it's fun, and and you know I think it's, it's certainly most pertinent to California. But like we've been saying, it's, it's coming your way sooner or later. So other folks need to be aware, and so we we love doing yeah. these kind of shows. Um, I would like to ask. Uh, you know, a, a two-part question. One is if you could close us out with any final thoughts you might have, and then if you could tell people where they might find you on the internet or email or whatever, however you choose to to share that in case somebody wanted to reach out, if you could do that, and then we'll go ahead and end the show. Yeah, great. Uh, well, I would say my final thought on this whole topic would be if you're a, a company who's mostly in California um, or you have just some employees there, I'd encourage you to think more broadly. You know, to your point, Michael, this is coming in a lot of other places. And it this is a trend that's like likely to continue. New York State's looking to pass this a similar law as well. And so I think the smart strategy here is to assume that salary transparency is going to happen everywhere. And so start thinking about how you want to implement this across your whole organization rather than just trying to comply in particular states. It'll just put you yeah. in a much better, more proactive position when it eventually does happen. And so that would be kind of my my final tip, I guess, for everybody listening. And then, um, yeah, I'm happy to chat with anybody. Best place you can reach me is LinkedIn. So I'm at jesse-meschuk. Uh, so find me there and I'm happy to chat and connect. And I'm always up for networking with people and learning about their challenges and seeing if there's a way I can help. Awesome. We'll put the we'll put uh, LinkedIn and uh, Exequity links in the in the show notes when I when I set that up. So they'll they'll be out there. And appreciate you doing the show. As I said, Robin, uh, I I I wish you a great rest of the week and let you take us out. Well, fantastic. Thank you, Jesse. Thank you, Michael. Uh, great show to to do as our first joint co-hosted show of 2023. So peace out, everybody. Take care. We'll talk to you later. Bye.